Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. I have a follow-up for you regarding my recent podcast about my trip to Art Bellstown, Pahrump, Nevada. And as you know, um, this was the first time I've ever been to Pahrump, because unfortunately I was unable to go in 2011 to his house and personally pick up his wooden alien statue named Carville that Art claimed was coming to life at night and running around the house according to his wife and, and daughter and scaring the bejesus out of them. And of course, um, as I mentioned, I couldn't do it because I was on a television set. I was at uh, a Ghost Adventures set in California, and then I had to go straight from there to speak at a, at a conference in Michigan. So I contacted Jim Castle, and I have known Jim Castle now for probably close to 15 years. He's a great guy, very talented man. He is from L.A., and he has worked in TV and movies his whole life. He's won a number of Emmys. He designed the opening title for the hit classic TV show Cheers. He worked on the X-Files. And I met Jim because he hired me um, to be part of a TV pilot for a show called X-Ops that we we filmed that um, there's a big controversy around to this day because a lot of suspicious things happened and Discovery Communications kind of locked the footage away into a vault, and it has never been aired. So uh, that's, again, another story for another day. But I've known Jim Castle for a long time. And when I was contacted in 2011 um, about the fact that uh, the Art had this alien, it, this all came through Mobius. Mobius contacted me, and he knew how busy I was, and he always is very good about leaving me alone when he knows I'm in a high-stress situation, like I'm shooting a TV program or whatever. But he called me, and he says, Listen, man, we got to act on this now. Art Bell, he's been in touch with me, and he has got this alien statue that he says is coming to life, and he wants you know to get this out of the house. And I, you know, Mobius has been a great friend and a trusted associate for many, many years. But this was so extraordinary. I said, you're telling me Art Bell says he has a statue that's coming to life. I said, this could be an imposter, maybe. I mean, I'd heard that Art had imposters out there. I said, look, I, I, I got to hear directly from Art to believe this one. Okay, this is just, this is too far for me to just accept uh, third party or whatever, and Mobius goes, okay, I'll tell him. Well, guess what? Within, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes, my phone rang, and yet it was Art Bell. And Art told me the exact same thing that Mobius had, and so I realized, holy shit, I mean, this is actually uh, the weirdest opportunity I maybe have ever had, especially to get something cool like this to put into my museum. So um, I had to contact somebody I could trust who would appreciate this experience as well. And I knew that Jim Castle, uh, who is, you know, he's a good deal older than me. He's been around for a while. He's followed broadcasting Art Bell's work since the beginning. Jim 
big fan of art, so he would really know the significance of having this opportunity and, and, and again, appreciate it. And since he lives in Los Angeles, I mean, you can drive more or less from the L.A. area to the Vegas area in three to four hours, give or take, depending on pretty much where you're going. So it's not a very long drive. So anyway, um, Jim went and he got the statue and he uh, he had it boxed up and shipped it to me. But I talked about going to Pahrump, you know, a few days ago on this podcast and guess who called me? Jim Castle. I hadn't talked to Jim in quite a while, actually. But he saw the picture of me standing in front of KNYE, and he heard my podcast, and he really enjoyed it, and he said that um, since we're sort of revisiting this, that he may as well uh, give me a, a, a few more details about sort of how that day played out. And, and and that's the good stuff, you know. I mean, it's like you can you can read a Wikipedia article and you can get the the factoids about a person's life or whatever. But you know, you, you to get stories that give you texture and color and, and sort of really flesh out um, an experience. I mean, you you have to talk to somebody who is there who can give you you know firsthand feedback. And so, basically, on this day seven years ago, or thereabouts, around 2011, um, Jim, and I think he had uh, someone with him, but anyway, Jim drove to Art's house, and of course, Art was giving him directions, and Jim said that Art's house was right next to the, the KNYE radio station. Now, of course, Art owned that station up until 2006. So Art's property was right next to that. So if you saw the picture of me on Twitter or Facebook standing in front of the radio station, um, to my left would be Art's property. And Jim said that Art lived in kind of like, um, kind of like a, a double-wide, uh, modular type of construction with a deck on the front. And that when Jim pulled up in front of Art's house, Art was standing on the deck smoking a cigarette. And so, now of course, Art could have very easily just been like, hey, yeah, nice to meet you, dragged the statue out onto the deck and said, uh, have a nice life. But no, he didn't do that. He was just the most friendly host, and he invited Jim Castle into his home introduced Jim to his wife and uh, to their new little daughter and they sort of sat around and um, and chatted for a bit and somehow or other the topic of arts parts came up now depending on the extent to which you followed Art Bell's career um, and, and I don't remember a lot of the details about this myself, but apparently somebody sent him some debris that was from Roswell, which Art really cherished, and he, he kept very closely guarded and was in the process of having a lot of tests done and that sort of thing. And so at, at one point, um, I guess Jim brought up arts parts and this is again why it's so great 
that I had a guy like Jim who was a fan, you know, who knew the backstory to go do this. And so Art says, yeah, I've got them right there. And there was a box right there within, you know, a visible box, apparently, within arm's, arm's reach. And, of course, Jim said, well, may I see them? And Art smiled and said, nope. <laughs> Isn't that something? Why would he do that? Why would he not let Jim see that? It's weird, isn't it? How do you feel about that? What does that tell you about, I guess, Art's style of showmanship or something? I mean, the guy's sitting in his living room and they're having a friendly conversation. I don't know why Art wouldn't show him the pieces that were in that box. But anyway, um, you know, Art, what he went above and beyond. He... Uh, he responded to all of my requests. I mean, uh, he actually got down on his hands and knees with a magic marker, signed the base of the statue, and he wrote a a letter in his own handwriting, saying, "This is my my alien statue." Blah blah blah, and like confirming the provenance, dated it, signed it. I mean, we've got pictures. Of, of art with the alien we have pictures of art signing the alien we have the letter that he wrote I mean this is airtight provenance not to mention the fact that we have pictures from art's webcam of him being in the studio broadcasting classic coast to coast AM shows and here is the alien standing behind him and so anyway uh, after they chatted for a while Jim said that Art took him outside to walk around the grounds for a bit. And it was behind the house where Art had this very tall ham radio tower. And if you ever listen to Coast to Coast AM, you may remember that there were times when Art would comment on how this tower just naturally produced an enormous amount of electrical charge. And really, that's not that shouldn't be surprising because, for one thing, we're in the desert, okay, where it's very dry and it's easy to build up an electrostatic charge. It's very windy, and then you have a tower that you know is stuck into the ground partially, but then the rest of it's up there in the air, being whipped around with uh, these desert winds. Of course, it's going to build up a charge. But that always just amazed Art at how much how much of a charge that this thing could produce just by sitting there in in Mother Nature, connecting two points, high and low. And so um, Art asked Jim if he wanted to touch it and get a zap. And Jim says, no, thanks, I'll pass. And Art was laughing. And he said that that was another thing that really was um, impressive to him was how funny that Art was, that Art had a very playful sort of comedic demeanor, uh, more so than you would... Uh, realized from just listening to him on the radio personally i think i would have done it i think i would have gotten zapped i would have reached over there and i've been zapped enough in my life one more time's not going to make that much of a difference i think i'd reach over and get zapped by uh art bell's tower his radio tower um so anyway uh then they went back to the front of the house art smoked another cigarette and then they uh, they loaded this thing into Jim's red Jeep. And he said that Art was just smitten with his red Jeep. Art wanted to come out and look at it. He said, boy, I'd like to have a red Jeep like that. <laughs> so uh, 
just a great experience, you know, for, for everybody, apparently. And then Jim loaded up Carville, and uh, he took him back to L.A., and then very carefully shipped this gigantic package to me with a thousand foam peanuts in it, which had this uh, invaluable thing. And, you know, one thing I love so much about Carville is that he um, he represents something physical, Uh, about a guy who worked in the non-physical realms so art bell was a radio guy and so it's like well if how do you represent a radio guy in a museum well you maybe put a microphone in there okay and i'd love to have one of art's microphones if anybody's got one that they can prove was one of his i'd be interested in buying it to put it in my museum but that's still kind of kind of a cliche yeah well the guy was in radio so we'll have a microphone um i couldn't have imagined anything else of a physical tangible nature that would represent the legacy of art bell and uh it would have just never occurred to me that i'd have something like a four foot tall hundred pound wooden alien that was supposedly coming to life at night and scaring his family i mean what 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 an incredible way of sort of memorializing his uh well his work and uh, the imaginative approach that he took and in fact when jim castle and i were talking about this i was pointing out how grateful that i am to jim castle for introducing me to so many wonderful people when we were shooting the exops pilot i mean even though that pilot did not air um, one of the people that he introduced me to who was a life changer for me was Jim Mars. I mean, I already knew who Jim Mars was. I already followed his work. But becoming Jim Mars' friend was a major uh, step for me. And, um, you know, we ended up touring together and doing all kinds of speaking engagements and working on pitching other projects. And, you know, Jim died recently and I feel so fortunate that I was able to go uh, a couple years ago Lauren and I were able to go and be guests at uh, Jim's house Uh, Jim and his wife Carol were just fantastic and put us up at their house outside Dallas and now that you know now that well after Jim died uh, his his wife Carol you know she didn't um, really need to keep this large house and estate they had and so she sold it and she's moved to a different state Uh, and in the process uh, obviously sold a lot of the things that were in the house and so I feel so fortunate that when I was at their home um, kind of sensed that maybe I'd never see Jim again and uh, so I told Jim Mars that I wanted to have one of his fedoras to put in my museum because again you know when you own a museum you're always trying to think of like how do i represent this person in some way you know with something physical it's it's kind of a challenge but everybody who knew jim mars well they just remembered the guy with the white beard wearing a fedora he had plenty of fedoras and he treasured them quite a bit uh, and so, anyway, uh, Jim, I, I badgered him a little bit, and so Jim Mars took me into his closet, where he had a whole row of fedoras there, 
And I said, well, what, which one of these will you sell to me? And he picked one out, and he says, well, this is the one that I wore when I went to Chichen Itza and Mexico and climbed all over the pyramid, and I've got pictures of myself doing that. And I said, great. So um, he sold me his hat, and I said, okay, but that's not, you can't just sell me that. Now you got to sign this thing. You've got to give me the picture of you wearing the thing. I want you to write out in your hand that this is the hat that I wore on this day. <laughs> so, he, he complied, and at the end of it, he's like, if anybody denies that I wore this damn hat, <laughs> they can go fuck themselves, basically. You know, it's like he's done everything possible. And But you know what? That's what you have to do these days. Um, if you have an opportunity to get something like that from the person, directly from the person, that you're going to put in a museum, uh, you really need to take that extra step, even though it's a little annoying, and get the provenance established. You need, you know, pictures of the person with the thing signed by the person with a handwritten letter from the person. And so what you find when you go to the Asheville Mystery Museum now is that if I have one of these things that I say comes from this person or that person, it's very well established. It's very well established. Now, if I have something that isn't well established, then I'll say, well, the legend is or the story is, you know, you can just take that with a grain of salt. But the things that I have that are kind of like, you know, the the, the flagship items at the Asheville Mystery Museum, um, they have great provenance. And it's because I've been very fortunate to meet um, these people who have these special gifts at a certain time in their lives when I... I realized this is my opportunity to get something from them that can never be gotten again. So I owe Jim Castle a lot for introducing me to some great people like Jim Mars. But again, it goes to show that um, when you're trying to capture something for a museum, I'm really fortunate that I have a Jim Mars fedora, and I have Art Bell's alien statue there. And of course, if you want to see these things, and more, the only way that you can see the Asheville Mystery Museum is to take one of the haunted Asheville ghost tours. And that's because the Mystery Museum is in the basement of the Asheville Masonic Temple. And that building is being used for a lot of purposes, and many of them are private. And You can't just wander in and out, and we can't just post some business hours there because the agenda changes on a daily basis and so uh, the easiest thing is like you take our ghost tour and at the end of it we'll take you into the museum as the big finish and all that information is at hauntedashville.com and you know what you never know how long collections like this are even going to be available that building the Asheville Masonic Temple is over a hundred years old and uh, it's you know it's a huge endeavor to keep it maintained. I have great, enormous respect for for Steve Green and Christian McLeod and Gus Sims and you know all these guys who are working really hard to keep that building intact. And you have flooding, you know, when it, we get a lot of rain, there's water that seeps in downstairs. The ceiling is always breaking off and collapsing and there's dust here and there. So, um, 
you just never know how long that these things are going to be available for you to see and so i hope that you will this fall it's a perfect time you know make a trip to Asheville. go to hauntedashville.com hauntedashville.com take the ghost tour or the supernatural tour or whatever there's a well those are the ones that will take you into the museum there's other stuff you can do as well but you'll find it all at hauntedashville.com but you know what getting back to carville since that since that i went to pahrump and um and then i have this extra information that i just gave you from jim castle i think what i want to do is is go back about five years because five years ago um vance pollock who i truly believe is the best historian in the world a guy who boggles the mind he's the sherlock holmes of forensic historical research he and I have been great friends for a long time. He lives in Western North Carolina. Vance Pollock actually tracked down the woodcarver who built Carville the Alien. And I interviewed this man against all odds. You just never think that this guy could have been tracked down. But I, don't, I still don't know how Vance did it. I interviewed the guy who created the Alien statue on Speaking of Strange. And so what I think I want to do is go back and find that interview and then recut it and upload it as some bonus audio for you here on this podcast. And that's one of the great things about having done Speaking of Strange for, I don't know, 15 years or whatever. I have a lot of cool stuff like that, which I can go back and recut and repackage and put into a bonus for you. And it'll tell you the whole sort of backstory about, like, how this thing was created not for Art Bell, but actually created for Rush Limbaugh. Why it's named Carville, and how that it ended up in uh, in the studio of Art Bell. And in fact, the guy who carved it didn't even himself have any idea how all this had turned out until I interviewed him, and he was like, "What?" So I think I'm going to sit down and and see if I can recut uh, that for you as bonus. So anyway, um, just some more information for you. You know, if you're one of those people who never listened to Art Bell or you never listened to Coast to Coast AM, uh, maybe this stuff is boring to you. But uh, there are many, many people all over this world who were big Coast to Coast AM fans and who still are. And uh, yes, there's been a lot of drama within you know the show business of of that and really any other type of program but there's a basic fundamental respect for that show and its origin and its success to this very day and so um i really am hoping that if you're the type of person who sort of kept up with that and appreciates it that you'll um you'll see why i'm providing some content for you that uh gives you a more detailed look at how everything unfolded that you're just not going to receive anywhere else or from anybody else. I think I can say that very confidently. All right, so I'm going to wrap up this particular podcast. Uh, have a, a very interesting week. I have a lot of stuff going on. I'll be telling you more about as I proceed with upcoming projects. I have a lot of experiments I'm doing. And uh, who knows? 
Who knows what I might be able to achieve, but I am just thrilled and delighted to see some of you who are going to be joining me in Los Angeles here very soon. Uh, It's going to be just almost, uh, well, a little over a month away before I do my big event in Los Angeles. And if you want to be a part of that, and I certainly hope you will be, go to joshuapwarren.com. joshuapwarren.com. You'll see yellow letters at the top, and you can click those, and it'll tell you the info about the Los Angeles event. Um, What a crowd. What a great group we're going to have. And this is a very rare experience. I don't plan to ever do this again. Just getting too darn busy. Uh, and while you're there at joshuapwarren.com, I hope you'll click the link to this podcast. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. I try to leave one for you every day. And it's always short. It's always free. You can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren, and I will tweet when a new one is available. So thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.